All right, Central family, good to have you with us this weekend. So thankful that you're here. Want to say a big welcome to each of our Central family locations. Thank you for joining us. Those who are watching online, thanks for being with us. Those joining us in our partnership with God Behind Bars and different prison facilities around the country, thank you guys for being with us as well. You know, I want to talk to you today a little bit about fear and a little bit about faith. And when it comes to fear, uh, a lot of us are afraid of different things. Some of you are afraid of things that crawl and things that bite. How many of you, that's you, you know, okay, right there. Yeah, some of you are afraid of heights. I've read that one of the greatest fears is the fear of public speaking, right? So that might be a fear for you. Certainly right now, we're all afraid of germs, right? When you cough, it gets really weird uh, wherever you cough. You know, <laughs> like, I'm just clearing my throat, really. You know, people look at you like, sure you are, man. It's all good. Um, for me, my whole life, one of my greatest fears has been bees. I, I've just, when I was a kid, I got stung by too many bees. Bees love to hate me. I'm just convinced that, you know, they find me from wherever they are and they sting me. Like, like when I was a kid at, at working at summer camp, none of the other kids got stung. I got stung more than once. That was just what happened. I remember I was riding along with a friend of mine and he had a Jeep, you know, one of those open Jeeps and we're just driving along and a bee gets in the cabin. And does the bee go after him? Does the bee bother him? No, the bee stings me right here. Here in the neck. Bees just do this to me. I mean, it's not like, you know, that's a kill sting, right? He's trying to kill me. So man, recently a bee got in my house. And I mean, for everybody else, it's like, oh, there's a bee in your house. But for me, it's like, I really wanted to run to my bedroom, climb under the bed and get in the fetal position and hide. But I knew my wife wouldn't deal with this bee. I knew my kids wouldn't do anything about this bee, and I was going to have to confront my fear and face the bee. Not a big deal for some of you, but I'm not afraid of public speaking, so there. But the bees, I mean, so I got a broom, and I remember sitting there, like, pulling myself together, like, all right. And I mean, I wasn't messing around, y'all. It was going to be the bee or me, because I was convinced I couldn't just like live and let live. It'll just fly around for a little while. It'll go away. No, no, that bee was going to sting me. It was going to try to kill me. So I took that broom, and he, he landed right on the glass. <laughs> and I took that broom like I was Babe Ruth, and it was a bat. And I went after that bee. I actually broke the broom in my craziness, but I got him before it was all said and done. And I mean, I was going crazy, whacking things, knocking things over. It was manic, but I took the bee out. And then I had to buy another broom. But that fear was so real. And, um, you know, that's why I've, I've laughed over the months as we've read about these guys right here, uh, mortar, uh, murder hornets. It says, you know what, 2020 was missing, murder hornets. And I just read that in Washington, they got Washington State, they just found their first murder hornet. And I'm telling you, this guy's not just hanging out going after bees. That guy's coming after me. So fear is real. And we've been talking over the last few weeks about just how we navigate the wilderness season in our lives. And we're in a wilderness season. We're in the wild right now. We've been in this teaching series called God in the Wild because that's what it really feels like. And when you're in the wild, um, I think what happens is your fears get supersized. 
They, they, they tend to grow into giants. And some of us feel like we're facing giants today. You know, maybe it's a financial giant. Maybe it's the giant of rent or mortgage being due. Maybe it's the giant of a family member who's got pre-existing conditions or is of a certain age and you're really concerned for their safety and you're doing everything you can, but that fear just feels like a giant in the room. Uh, it, you know, we're all we're facing the giant of uncertainty, certainly the giant of the coronavirus. We're facing giants. And often in the wilderness, we have to come up against some oversized, outsized obstacles that become giants in our lives. And so the good news I want to share with you today, something that I'm sharing with myself, something we can hang on to, it's simply this, that God's promises are bigger than your biggest problems. God's promises are bigger than your biggest problems. And I understand in seasons when things are going well, it's a lot easier to believe that, right? In seasons when things feel like they're kind of falling apart or going backwards, it's a daily fight to believe that, but it's a fight that's worth it. And in many ways, it is the fight of faith. So I want to talk about the fight of faith when we're in the midst of the wilderness. What faith does is it prioritizes the presence of God in our lives over the presence of problems. We face problems, but faith prioritizes the presence of God even over the presence of those problems. We've been looking at the Israelites in their wilderness wanderings uh, the last several weeks, and I want to continue to do that. And when you're in the wilderness like they were, they faced a lot of things that I think line up with some things that we face in our own wilderness season. And we've, we, and we've been bringing this uh, map up. Uh, they face a lack of direction, just like we have um, in our own lives, and kind of not knowing where things are going, and just the uncertainty, and feeling like we're going forward, and now we're circling back. And the Israelites faced that as well. We talked about that in week one. Then we talked about scarcity. This is something else that we face when we're in the wilderness. Uh, there's just not enough resources, not enough energy, not enough time. And that scarcity threat is very real. And we talked about God's promise to provide for us one day at a time in the wilderness. We looked uh, last week at moments of crisis, at these experiences that we have in the wilderness where it feels like things are breaking down. And we said God can use your breaking point as your turning point. He can use that to grow us in our lives. Another thing that the Israelites face that we often face is oversized opposition where our problems just get supersized and they feel so big and so real and they become giants in our lives. And then next week we'll look at impossible obstacles, untested strategies. These are the things the Israelites faced in the wilderness. These are the things we often face in our own wilderness in our lives. So let's pick it up. Numbers chapter 13 today. Uh, we're going to be in verse 27. And uh, when we read this, when we get to the red word, I'm going to ask you to say that word out loud, uh, real loud here with me. But let me just kind of set it up. The Israelites are now at a place where they've been in the wild for two years. Okay, and they've come sort of through the wild. Now we said week one that in, in number in Exodus chapter thirteen, God said um, He was going to lead them through the wilderness, but the Bible says He took them the roundabout way. In other words, He didn't He didn't take them directly from leaving captivity in Egypt right into the Promised Land. He took them the roundabout journey. And so two years now they're on the cusp of stepping into the Promised Land of Israel. This is the land that God has held out for them for generations, and they are right there 
there. And so Moses, the leader, what he does is he takes 12 spies and he sends them over into the land and he says, you know, check it out and then come back and give us a report. And these spies come back after they check it out and they have sort of good news and bad news about the land. Here's what they say. Numbers chapter 13, verse 27. We get to the red word. We'll say it out loud together. It says, we entered, this is the, the report of the spies was this. We entered the land you sent us to explore and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey, which is a phrase you see often in the Bible to refer to just the fact that this land is awesome. It's everything God had described it would be. But the people, you know, there's always a but. Right? God's promises even often come with a but. But the people living there are powerful. And their towns are large and fortified. We even saw what? Giants there. The descendants of Anak. So they're like, the land's good, Moses. But the people there are scary. And the only way we get to the promised land is to overthrow the people. And I'm not sure how all that's going to go down. And so they're facing a giant in the wilderness. Don't be surprised if you're in a wilderness season, and we are, if we're not facing giants right now in our lives. So how do we face that outsized obstacle? How do we face that giant? One of the first lessons we're going to see from the Israelites is to amplify God's promise. To amplify God's promise when we're, when we're facing a giant. Now, um, my daughter loves music, and so I love to. I love music too, and I love to go to concerts with her. It's kind of weird, but um, you know, my parents never did this. But for me, like my daughter's music has sort of become my music in a lot of ways. Like a lot of her favorite bands are now my favorite bands. What does that say about me? It means I'm the cool parent, y'all. That's what it means. And so anyway, I've sort of adopted a lot of her music, and so we went to a concert together to see one of her and now my favorite bands, and, and we go in, and I was so excited to be there. It's going to be awesome. It was an incredible concert, but when the first chord hit, my first thought was, wow, this is so loud. I mean, it blew my hair back, man. Like, I'm just like, oh, is my heart skipping right now, you know? And I look around, and all the kids, they're not thinking this is so loud. They're dancing around. They're having a blast. And then it dawns on me, I'm like the oldest guy here. It's not that it's so loud. It's that I'm too old. Come on, somebody. Like, my ears aren't what they used to be, right? I'm like, I'm sensitive now, y'all. And so... Anyway, it was a great concert, but when it was over, I couldn't hear for like three days. Everywhere I went, things were ringing. I'm like, Emma, can you hear anything? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. All I hear is like, you know, which could have been kind of glorious. You know, Lori's telling me to do stuff around the house, you know, I can't hear anything. The concert. Sorry. Just kidding, babe. I will get in trouble for that later. But three whole days this went on. So I did what old people do. I went to some friends of mine in the Central Live Band and I said, hey man, is there a way I can get earplugs that are like 
uh, that don't just take away all the sound, but like lower the, the volume level of the sound so I still get the sound. Do you know they make these? I was like, I got turned onto a website, I go, they aren't cheap, but I now have my old man earplugs, y'all. When I go to a concert, it lowers the dB level of the sound coming in. Some of you are like, I need that for Central. Hey, look, you might think Central's loud, y'all. I hear it, I've heard it all the time over the years, but just go to a real rock concert. That's what I'm saying. And you'll be like, man, that Central's good to go. They're good, things good. So I, I, I got my earplugs now. What it does is it amplifies certain sounds and it tunes out the others. Well, you know, every day we got, we got sounds coming at us. There are a lot of voices right now, right? Voices in the media, voices online, voices of our friends, conspiracy theories to no end, right? Everywhere you turn, there are voices. And we have to choose in our lives what voices we're going to amplify. And I want to encourage you today to amplify God's word and God's voice in your life and put your faith there, especially in this season. Um, I've got an amplifier here. We'll bring it up. And so the Israelites, they send 12 spies out. 12 spies see the same thing. 12 spies experience the same thing, but they have two different responses, right? Two of the spies, well, well, 10 of the spies, what they see are giants, right? Giants are the thing that they see. And when you have an amplifier and a speaker here with two different signals uh, coming in, you know, we can boost one by whichever one we sort of plug into and listen to. So this signal was giants. And uh, man, the land was, was filled with giants. If we go in there, they're going to wipe us out. Signal two, two of the spies, Caleb and Joshua said, no, God will give us the land, right? That's the promise. And over and over again, God's told his people that he's going to give them the land as an inheritance. After hundreds of years of waiting, after two years in the wilderness, it's finally like go time, but there's mixed signals. <laughs> Ten of them are amplifying giants, right? And uh, they come back, they give this report about the land. They say, man, it's flowing with milk and honey. It's amazing, but, <laughs> but... And that milk and honey phrase, by the way, is a phrase that's used many times in the Bible. It's always sort of paired with the idea that the land was the Lord's to give and uh, that he was going to give it to them as an inheritance. And so they didn't boost that message. Instead, they boosted up the giant signal to like 11. They ignore the signal that God has given them over and over and over that the land will be theirs. And so the result is fear despair, and as we see later, even dishonesty and disinformation. They were defeated before they even went to battle. But look at what the two remaining spies said. Caleb and Joshua, it says, verse 30, Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We what? Can certainly conquer it. We can. Turn to the person next to you and say, we can. We can. What do I mean? I mean, we can in God's power and his promise. We can in God's love and his sustenance. We can even when we're facing all kinds of can'ts in our life because God is moving and working and he's with us. This is what Caleb's saying. He's amplifying his faith rather than our fear. In fact, here's our speaker again. Think about this. Uh, you may have a resource problem in your life that says there just there won't be enough. 
Every bill that comes, every week that goes by without a paycheck, it tempts you to amplify this signal. But we also have a promise where God says, I will provide. God knows what you need and how to get it to you. And the question for, me, for you today is this, which do you amplify? Which do you amplify? You may have a problem that says the future is ruined. It's just ruined. Things will never be the same. It'll never be the same in the economy. Your job will never be the same. Your family will never be the same. The challenges are just too great. But you also have a promise that my plan still stands, says the Lord. His plans are still in play. A lot of things have gotten canceled, but God is still in control, and he can bring his goodwill even out of bad things that happen. Which signal do you amplify? You may have a security problem that says, I'm not safe. I'm not safe. And you just feel like, I'm not safe. I'm not safe from uh, you know, the cures for the virus. I'm not safe from the virus. I'm not safe from the economic effects of the virus. But you also have a promise from God, I will be with you. This is the number one promise in scripture, usually given to people who don't feel what? Safe. And we can rely on his strength. God's saying, look, I will strengthen you no matter what you face. Which signal do you amplify? You may have an anxiety problem that says, I'll be overwhelmed, right? I'll be overwhelmed. It's too hard. There's, there's too much change. I, I'm going to crack under the pressure. But you also have a promise. God says, I will send my spirit. God will fight for you. He will strengthen you from within. No matter what you face, he will have your back. And so when things are too much, he will fight for you. Which signal are you going to amplify? See, faith, it doesn't deny reality. It acknowledges the problem, but it doesn't amplify the problem to disproportionate levels. Fear amplifies the problem, and it downplays the promise. Fear amplifies the problem, and it downplays the promise. Faith amplifies the promise in the face of the problem. And so victory comes when you apply God's promise to the problem. I mean, it's good to tell God about your big problems, but it's also good to tell your big problems about your big God. And right now in the wilderness, in the wild, when we're all struggling and we're all trying to figure it out, look, we're all in different boats, but we're all in the same storm, right? And we're all trying to find our way in this crazy time. It is a serious daily struggle to fight with your faith over your fear. What if we stopped talking about our problems and started talking to our problems? You say, problem? Hmm. You don't control my life. You don't control my life. God controls my life. You can't harm the future God intends to give me in my life. You cannot dampen the joy God's spirit is growing within me. You cannot poison the peace that God supplies me. You cannot block the way God is leading me. You can't hinder the progress God plans for me. You can't halt the growth God's building in me. You cannot bruise the blessing God is sending to me. You can't pause the protection that God surrounds me with. You cannot hold down the spirit God is inspired inspiring in me, and you cannot violate the victory that God is winning through me. Listen, you may, 
That problem, it may knock you down. It may knock me down, but it doesn't have to keep us down because when God says rise up, I'm going to rise up. When God says fight, I'm going to fight. When God says walk with your head held high, you can't stop me. You can't block me. The bigger you are, here's the thing about giants. The bigger they are, you know where I'm going, the harder they fall, right? And God will turn the giant that tried to ruin me into the platform that I use to climb to my victory. Because listen, listen, because the promises I claim are bigger than the problems I face. So you gotta tell your big problems about your great God. Amplify God's promises instead of your problems in this season. The problems are real. I'm not saying you, you check out from reality. They're real. I'm not saying we check out from being cautious about the coronavirus. It's real. Like we gotta acknowledge reality, but amplify God's promises in this season. Here's another thought, and that is to take a step of faith. Take a step of faith. Uh, I don't know if uh, any of you have ever worn a pedometer. Raise your hand if you've ever worn like a pedometer or you counted your steps. Any step counters out there? I did this for a season. I tried to, and I got into it. You know, it's like I've got to hit 10,000 steps every day, which is a lot, y'all. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, I remember being like going, I'm going up and down the stairs at night. Anybody ever done this? Because I'm like 500 away, but I'm like, oh man, you know, like I got to get this in before I go to bed because it was a goal, you know. I remember brushing my teeth and I'm like walking around, brushing my teeth like this, doing my thing, you know, because you're trying to get your steps in and you're just trying to get to that number, whatever it takes to get to that number. Although I did see somebody on Instagram who found a way to take like your Fitbit and, um, you know, get to that number without a lot of work. And that was simply this right here. We'll bring it up on the screen you just you just put the thing on your dog and then hide snacks all around let them just go crazy get all that energy out and you'll rack up all your points um i think god wants us to be mindful of our steps when we're in the wilderness particularly of spiritual steps of faith you know the israelites had come to this moment and it was a moment for them to take a step of faith. But the fear was right there. For them to take a step of faith, they were going to have to step through their fear. This time, so, listen, sometimes your greatest victory is on the other side of your greatest fear. And they were going to have to step through that. And so here's what we see in Numbers uh, chapter 13. This is what the 10 spies who allowed their fear to sort of take over in their life. This is not only what they shared, it's the, this is the word they spread amongst the people. So they got their own little propaganda going, right? They're whispering in the crowds this message so that it spreads around and it seeds even more fear. And in some ways you could say this is where fear can take us from defeat and despair even into dishonesty. This is what's happening in the Israelites in the wilderness. Numbers 13, 32 says the land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. You go to live there, you're dead, man. You're dead, it's over. All, now it's grown. I want you to notice this. All, all, the people we saw were huge. It was like the NBA just spawned a whole nation. They were everywhere. Next to them, we felt like what? Grasshoppers. Remember that old show, you know, Grasshopper? We felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Well, how do they know what they thought? How do the spy, 
they don't. They're now projecting their fear onto this whole group of people at such a level that they've convinced themselves they, they're sitting back going, yeah, they're just little grasshoppers. We'll just squash them. This is what fear tends to do. Listen, fear lies about the payoff and it exaggerates the problem. It lies about the payoff and it exaggerates the problem. And that unchecked fear made them feel small, right? Incredibly small, just like grasshoppers. Listen, fear is always shrinking what God wants to grow. Uh, fear, fear, is, it, fear shrinks uh, your courage um, when God wants to grow your bravery. Fear, it shrinks your trust when God wants to grow your faithfulness. Fear shrinks your willingness when God wants to grow your gifts. Fear shrinks your opportunities when God wants to grow your impact. Fear shrinks your relationships when God wants to grow your connections. Fear shrinks your open-mindedness when God wants to grow your wisdom. Fear shrinks your heart. When God wants to grow your compassion. Fear shrinks your options when God wants to grow your freedom. Fear ultimately empties your life of so much that's good when God wants to open your life to all that he has to give. Listen, God didn't fill you with his spirit so you could simply feel small and worthless. God didn't redeem and redirect your life so that you would feel small and worthless. He's not planning a greater future for you so that you'll just feel small and worthless. I mean, why should you feel so small when God has such big plans? Why should you feel so small when God has such big love? Why should you feel so small when he is bigger than he who is in the world? It's not right. See, what fear does, it makes you feel smaller than God intended. And that's where the 10 spies are. And they're so afraid, they start to spread that fear among everybody else. And so maybe... God is calling each of us to take a step today through our fear and into faith. It may be a small step, but it can be a hard step. In fact, you look at what Caleb, the faith-filled spy, goes on to say in Numbers chapter 14, beginning in verse 9. Help me on the red word. He says, do not rebel against the Lord. Now, there's that word rebel again. We saw this last week, that complaining was associated with rebellion. That even complaining became an act of rebellion against the Lord among his people in the wilderness. And here again, you see this word, don't rebel against the Lord. And what was causing this rebellion? Fear was paralyzing them from doing what God had called them to do. And don't be what? Afraid. You see that? Don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them. You know what Caleb's saying? He's saying the size of our problem is no match for the size of our God. He's like, man, they may, they may be huge and they may make, we may be grasshoppers in their presence, but they're grasshoppers in the presence of God. And so we face an opportunity right now. It, it could be a small step that we need to take. 
It could be a step of forgiving somebody. It could be a step of loving somebody. It could be a step of generosity towards somebody. It could be a step to just say, you know what, I'm gonna stop being a victim right now in my life. I'm gonna stop playing the victim card every day. I'm letting that go. God has made me a victor in Christ. I'm gonna hold my head high and I'm gonna keep moving forward in faith. I'm not just gonna be blown about by everything that I hear. I'm gonna stand on God's word right now. I'm gonna trust God's word and I'm gonna anchor my life into that. It's going to ground me even when everything else may feel crazy and out of control. Hebrews 11:6 puts it this way. Check this out. It says, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must what? Believe. You must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Listen, this is a season this is an opportunity for us in the wilderness to seek God, to sincerely seek him, so that no matter what happens, we grow closer to him, we experience more of him, and we're empowered then to step through our fear with our faith. The Israelites refused to do it. And because they refused, they had been through a two-year journey to the promised land. And because they refused, God said every single person in the Israelite nation would live their lives and die, and only two people were allowed to enter the promised land. Guess who those two people were? Joshua and Caleb, the two spies who believed that they could move in to the promised land. The two spies who said, let's do what God's commanded us to do, let's go. Everybody else was paralyzed. They said, let's do it, we can do this. And because of that, the Israelites would wander in the wilderness 38 more years. God, God can take you the roundabout way. I don't know about you, but if I'm on the cusp of my promised land, I'm praying I have the faith to step on through. I'll get there one way or another, but I'd rather not go through 38 more years of wandering. Anybody feel me? 38 more years of wandering. And then eventually, we'll see next week, they come back. And here they are again, and next, you'll see next week, they handle it different 38 years later. Hello. But here they were on the cusp of their promise. Some of us are there now, and we've got to freeze our fear, step through our fear, and take that step of faith and trust God, even if the first step is the hardest. Here's some things I wrote down that I'm trying to do in my own life in the daily struggle with faith over fear. I'm simply trying to live with an open hand. I'm finding that the act of surrendering to God's will and his sovereignty has a huge effect on my well-being. I'm doing it every day. I'm acknowledging that he is in charge, he's in control. I resign as the imagined CEO of my life. And I trust him with whatever the future holds. And I'm finding that very freeing in my life. Uh, here's another thing that I'm trying to do. I'm trying to find joy in daily moments. See, a lot of big things are canceled, but a good amount of joy comes from simple pleasures, right? Laughing with those you love, connecting with a friend, appreciating nature. Take time to savor joy in the daily moments. Another thing I'm trying to do is, is um, simply exchange bad news for good news. See, if you want to overwhelm your nerves, you want to make yourself deeply unhappy right now, just spend more time reading the news or social media than reading the Bible or spiritually uplifting books. One will boost your faith, the other will boost your fear. One amps the promises, uh, the other amps the problems. 
And so I'm exchanging bad news for good news. Fourth thing I'm trying to do is this. Ask how you can serve. Ask how you can serve. I'm asking God to show me how I can make an impact. I mean, no one seems to really have big answers right now, but you can become a little answer for somebody, right? You can, especially in a pandemic, people need to be known and loved. It's that simple. And you can be part of that solution. And maybe taking a step of faith can help you do that. So Hebrews tells us that we need to not only believe in God, but we need to believe he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And sometimes for us to take possession of whatever God has for us, we need to make a profession of what we believe about God in our lives. If the Israelites would have remembered who God was in that moment, they would have been ready. They would have been ready to step in to what he had for them in their lives. So here's a profession for you. Maybe we just need to say this every day this week. Something like, I believe in God. I believe he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I believe he's my father. I believe I'm his child. I believe that he's writing my story and that my story is not yet finished. I believe he guides my steps. I believe he guards my life. I believe that there is none higher, none greater, none wiser. I still believe he's sovereign. I still believe that he's supreme. I still believe that he's all-knowing. I still believe that he's all-seeing, and I believe he's all-loving, and I believe nothing is too hard for him. No problem is too big for him. No concern is too small for him. I believe he's a good God with good plans and nothing can stop the good that he intends to do. And I believe he saved me. I believe he's remaking me. I believe that my destiny is to be with him forever. I believe my past is forgiven. I believe my present is in his hands and my future is forever. I believe the challenges I face are nothing compared to the blessings that are on my way. Listen, I believe the world um, is not all there is. I believe Jesus is alive. I believe he's my savior. I believe he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I believe one day he's coming back and I believe one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess confess that Jesus is Lord. Listen, if you want to possess it, sometimes you just got to stop and profess it. And what I've been doing in my own life is just reminding myself of what I believe, especially after reading the news. Reminding myself of what I believe in the midst of the struggle. Reminding myself of who God is. Listen, fear looks backwards, hope looks forward, and faith steps onward. I don't know what your step is this week, but I know here's how you can face some giants in your life. Keep amplifying God's promise, right? Keep amplifying it because your attitude is shaped by what you amplify. Amplify God's promise. Take a step of faith. Fear will make you feel smaller than God intended. But you always step through fear with faith into God's future. Your greatest victory, it often lies on the other side of your greatest fear. And God's promises are bigger than your biggest problems. Hang on to it today, friends. In the wilderness, it may be a giant in front of you, but God is bigger than that giant. Maybe this week, we just need a simple reminder. and Maybe we need to lean into it every day to walk in faith and to trust God. Maybe we're at the edge of something beautiful that could happen in our lives, but fear is holding us back, and we just gotta be willing to say, God, help me take that step of faith. Help me reach out and help me trust you 
in this moment, and I believe he will, and I believe if he's leading you to it, he'll work in that in your life, and he'll bless you as you follow him in your faith. Maybe some of you, you're here, and you've never crossed the line of faith. And maybe what you sense in your own heart is that God is calling you to take that step. And maybe there's fear right there. And that fear paralyzes you. Fear about your past. Fear about your mistakes. Fear that God won't accept you. Fear that you'll never be good enough. But listen, God knows exactly what he's doing. The best thing that you can do is simply lean into your faith in this moment. It's okay to have fear, but step through that fear and reach out and place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. The Bible says if we believe that Jesus is Lord and we believe that God rose Christ from the dead, that we will be saved, that we can come to him and receive his spirit and his work in our hearts and in our lives. So I'd love to lead you in a simple prayer to just open your heart to God and ask him to move in your life. Rob, you bow your heads and close your eyes. If you'd like to become a follower of Jesus today, you can begin that journey by repeating after me to say, Dear God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. Forgive me for my sins. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me face the challenges that I'm up against. God, I surrender my life to you in Christ's name. Friends, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's your prayer today, I want to ask you to just slip your hand in the air just to acknowledge you're going to follow God in your life. You're going to trust him. Just slip your hand in the air. Reach out to him. God, I thank you for each person just trusting you anew today, and I pray you'll move in their life. Fill them with your love, your joy, your peace. For all of us, God, be our strength. Walk with us each day. Fill us with faith and hope, and let us step through our fear as we trust you. And we love you, and we thank you for who you are. In Christ's name, amen. Let's put our hands together for those who made spiritual commitments in their life today. If you made a spiritual decision, uh, we'd love to give a resource to you digitally. Uh, You could just go on your web browser to central.family and uh, just click that you've decided to follow Jesus. Uh, We'd love to be able to send you a resource called How to Follow Jesus that I think will be super helpful for you as you follow Christ in the coming days ahead. Well, this time I'm gonna say, let's put our hands together for our location pastors who are gonna come out and close each one of our experiences.